All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and uh, I am excited today to make this thing happen. We had a few technical glitches that I think at this point we've largely overcome. We're going to introduce our brand new guest here in just a little bit. But very first thing I want to address, for those of you that are watching live, please join in the conversation today. Ask questions, make comments, send us funny emojis, whatever you want to do, but get involved. Let's make this a group conversation. Uh, we're doing these videos largely just to have the video content, but we also want it to become a community where our listeners, our guests can, can come engage with our guests, have conversation. That's part of the goal here. So please don't hesitate, ask questions, make comments. And then secondly, for those of you that are listening to this on audio after the fact, we are live streaming. We live stream every one of our episodes now. And we push it out to facebook.com slash book a podcast. We're also pushing out to YouTube. We'll share that channel here soon. But in the meantime, follow us at book a podcast on Instagram if you aren't already, because we'll let you know when the next live stream is coming out. Keep you posted there. So make sure to follow there as well. The last thing before I introduce my guest, I just want to remind everybody, really just encourage everybody to continue to look for opportunities to give back. Um, as we were so beautifully reminded by a, a recent guest, Sean Lee, here on the podcast, we should look for opportunities for, for ways to give back to our local community and certainly with international organizations or national organizations as well. Um, as I promised you all, I, I donated yet again today to charitywater.org not very long before our podcast episode, and I'm going to continue to do that. Just $40, believe it or not, actually gives somebody clean drinking water. And this is something, it's a mind-blowing concept. Three quarters, about a three quarters of a billion people in the world still don't have consistent access to clean drinking water. And uh, I don't know, that just, that gets to me. So I'm giving to that. Our company is involved with Charity Water as well. Whether it's that organization or another, please look for opportunities, even in a small way to give back. It can make a big difference. Just want to leave you with that encouragement. All right. It is time to introduce our guest for today. I am privileged to be joined by my guest, Asia White. Asia, thank you for making this happen, despite all the tech issues beforehand. Um, you're very gracious to come and share with our community today. Yeah, I'm super stoked to be here. Um, thank you for having me on. My virtual assistant actually sent me your podcast and was like, you should totally try to get on here. And that's how I found you guys. So I was really excited that you were like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, absolutely. Let's do it. And who, what's your virtual assistant's first name? Uh, her name is Savannah. All right. So um, shout I'll out to Savannah. Thanks, Savannah, for, for setting Savannah. this up. That's great. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to just very briefly introduce you all to or you to our community and the listeners. So first of all, your website, furandlacephotography.com. Yes. And then we have your Instagram. And I'm popping these up on the screen, by the way, for everybody who's listening to the audio after the fact, Fur and Lace Photo on Instagram. And uh, I actually have to just jump really quick over to your Instagram feed and your website. I'm going to pop this up on screen as well. I, you're, I mean, just getting to your homepage, I have to say, Asia, like I'm immediately just kind of drawn in. We've got a whole different look here on the homepage above the fold than anything I've seen from any of our guests. Very warm, inviting, stylish, yet kind of takes me back to the 70s as well. Like it's just this really beautiful combination of all kinds of things going on. Uh, Furlacephotography.com for everybody listening. Talk to me a little bit about the aesthetic that you've got going for the website. Yes. Um, well, first of all, that's like the biggest compliment of that. Not that anybody else's website is bad, but like that's what I wanted when I was designing my website. It was more of like, okay, I go to a lot of other, um, you know, photographers websites and they're beautiful. But if I'm a consumer 
and everything looks the same, how am I supposed to choose? So I wanted that homepage to be kind of just like immediately you know exactly who I am and what I'm about right when you step like onto the homepage of my website and then it just gets more and more clear as to who I am as you journey through choosing your own adventure on my website, which is uh, how I like to choose the navigation. So yeah, well, uh, that's a so pretty spe- new website. Well, and speaking of, so I'm just going to kind of scroll down here. And again, this is part of the <clears throat> the benefit of doing the live stream and watching the live stream with us here at the Book of Podcast. But I'm just scrolling down again. Just I just love the colors and the warmth and the fun all kind of built into it. And just scrolling down, I, I, I you have here about Asia, wedding inquiry, session inquiry, and then education. So there's opportunity. You talk about kind of the choose your own adventure to go from that point to the next. If I want to go to a wedding inquiry, for example, it takes me to that page. Um, and it's slowly loading here. It looks like we got a little bit of a slow connection. Yes. Um, and you're continuing, though, that that kind of warmth with the colors, certainly. And um, just going to your about page, even again, like I immediately see that first picture and I'm like, oh, I want to hang out with Asia. Like she seems super fun, super cool. Um, and uh, so well done. I mean, just beautifully done. Picture with you and your husband. Also, I don't know that I've ever quite seen a picture like that before. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Love that as well. Tell us a little bit about your husband too. Um, yeah. So my husband and I have known each other since third grade. Uh, we grew wow. up about uh, two, two to three blocks away from each other at any point in time. And um, he is a personal trainer. We both uh, started down here in North Carolina as personal trainers. Um, And I'll kind of get into that story a little bit later, but um, he owns his own training business and he actually started it just as COVID was kind of like picking up steam. He said, you know what, if I can train outdoors, why shouldn't I? And he jumped in and started his own business too. So good for him. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We both own our own businesses. We have five animals, um, which is why fur is part of my business name because it's part of my whole entire life now. Um, there's not a piece of clothing or blanket that I own that doesn't have some kind of animal fur on it. So yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you're staying, staying with the brand there. Um, I, I have to say though, I props to it's, Alex is your husband's name, right? Yes. Yeah. So props to Alex for seeing an opportunity and going for it, despite the difficult circumstances of COVID, right? I mean, in those situations, it's really easy to, as, as entrepreneurs or potential entrepreneurs to freeze up, to get scared and shut down and, and hole up. And he said, you know what? I see an opportunity here. I'm going to go for it. And, and I just, I think that's, that's really at the root of the spirit of entrepreneurship. And I think it's yes. a really beautiful picture and I wish him the best in that. In fact, I might have to hire him at some point based on this picture here. I need a little bit of that in my life too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and it, it, it was scary. It was, you know, like you said, a lot of entrepreneurs, um, in that, in that time had maybe like a knee jerk reaction of, I have to do this so I can make money and, you know, get really grippy and, and, um, like money driven when, uh, we, I kind of like helped him through th- that thinking process of like, okay, is it, is it a knee jerk reaction that I need? Or mm. is it like a well thought out, like fun, something that's going to feel fun and feel good. Um, and that is like the whole motto of my business and now his business. If it feels fun, we'll make money is basically like what it is. I like that. And, and there's an interesting kind of dichotomy happening there, which is 
you have to be intentional. That's what you're describing. I mean, at some point in time, we have to take the leap as entrepreneurs, right? We can, yes. we can sit and analyze and try to make something perfect all day long. It's never going to be perfect. At some point, we have to take the leap. We have to make the move. We have to take that risk. Um, I've been skydiving a couple of times, and, and I can liken it very much to skydiving. So much fun, I will say, by the way. And this is despite my extreme fear of heights. But at some point, you have to take the leap. And the beautiful thing about skydiving that it teaches you about life is that on the other side of that leap is absolute exhilaration like you've never experienced before. But you're not going to have that experience unless you're willing to take that risk, right? Yes. And, and so yes. it, it was a beautiful picture for me, it still is, for the significance of taking a risk and the benefit that can come from the other side of that. Now, by the way, I didn't jump out of the plane without a parachute on, right? There, there was still intention and safety considered. So again, that's where I love the dichotomy of what you're describing, which is be intentional, think through this. But at some point, we understand that this premise for a business model is going to work and we just got to go yes. for it. And I think, I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love um, how you're describing all of this. It's just like very much aligned with who I am. So I, I could talk forever, but I know we've got lots of questions coming up. <laughs> I, I love it. No, thanks for dialing me in because I could talk forever about this stuff too. So I, to your point, let's actually jump to that first question. Let's talk about brand position. And we've, we've highlighted your brand here a little bit, but how would you sum it up in one phrase? Like if, if you were to meet a potential client and they said, oh, you're a photographer, what type of photography do you do? How would you answer that in order to separate yourself from the other photographers in your market? So the type of photography I do, I describe myself as a wedding and lifestyle photographer, but how I believe that I set myself apart is my tagline, if you will, is your weirdness is welcome here. Um, meaning everybody feels like, not everybody, most people in my area prior to me moving down here it was more of the posed, um, which there's nothing wrong with, more, more of the posed kind of, um, you know, traditional photography, family sure. photography. And, um, and to me, it was just, I wanted, to cre I wanted to capture more. I wanted to, you know, get the real raw things that make life actually beautiful. Um, you know, people don't want to remember the time that they forced their child to sit there and smile. They want to remember the time that their child was playing in the mud puddle and getting really messy and, you know, like running around with wild hair. And so I wanted to find a way to let people know right off the bat, like, hey, I want that weirdness here, whatever weirdness, you know, that might be, it could yeah. be a silly handshake that you and your significant other have, it could be um, maybe your family is musicians, and you really want to play music and have the kids dancing around, like literally whatever weird thing you think is weird. I'm going to love it. And I want you in front of my camera so I could capture that real life. I love that. Okay. So I have to bring up your Instagram account here then, first of all, because you have that very position statement that you just described. Your weirdness is welcome here, right there in the profile of your Instagram account. And by the way, I have to throw out this little side note here because I keep harping on it on Instagram and my stories. You actually have your name in the Instagram profile. The number of photographers that I, whose accounts I look at, people that DM me and I'm responding to, I'd like to respond personally to somebody. So if they send me a DM and I respond, I want to call them my name. That's personal. It's intimate. I'm making yes. an effort to connect with them. And I can't find the person's name. So I have to then click on a link or sometimes they have a link tree. So I click on the link tree and then I got to find their website and then I got to go to their about section and figure out who this person is that I'm even having a conversation with. 
because there's no indication. So little side note and little PSA for everybody listening in and watching, make sure to actually put your name in the profile of your Instagram account so people know who they're talking to. It matters. <laughs> Listen, keeping it real, when I saw that on your story yesterday, I like ran to my bio to make sure that because I, <laughs> I couldn't remember. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, can I cuss on here? I'm sorry. I, of course. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm not the person that he's talking about. So yeah, I definitely checked myself on that one. That's brilliant. Well, so to go back to your Instagram account, well done on that in that regard, but then your weirdness is welcome here. And then you kind of further that back on the homepage of your website. So I scroll down just a little bit below the fold and it says wedding and elopement photographer for the misfits, the madly in love the margarita lovers. Now, you know, madly in love, I would hope that most people who are getting married are, are madly in love and margarita lovers. I mean, who doesn't love a margarita lover, but the misfits are, I, I think at that point, like there's a little bit of a, Oh yeah. I like, I, that's how I feel internally. That's yes. how I feel. Like, I feel like I'm kind of outside the norm. There's not a lot of people I feel like I can relate to or that relate to me. And then they see this wonderfully wacky picture of you squatting down in front of a lawnmower with a Cheeto on your next to your nose as a mustache, <laughs> throwing a peace sign. Like it, it couldn't sum up more beautifully what it is that you're trying to accomplish here. I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, the Misfits, I got that from watching uh, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody um, because he talks about how Queen is for the Misfits and all of the, you know, the people who feel like they don't belong and that there are actually way more of those people than the people who, quote unquote, have it together, which nobody sure. really does. So, yeah, that's kind of where I got that that little line. Yeah, I, what I what I realize more and more, and, and as I get a little bit older, I mean, I still feel like I'm 14 in my head, but now I'm 41, and I've had a little bit of life experience. And one of the things that I that that I've realized certainly is that as much as people look like on the outside they have it together, it certainly on Instagram, but even pre Instagram, the reality is there's a lot going on behind the scenes that that they're not letting out there. And most of us, like in all honesty, don't totally have it together. Uh, so, no. so let's be real about that. And I think so in some form or fashion, maybe we can all relate to being a little bit outside the box in some way. Uh, but I love that you call out the so-called misfits, the people who feel like they're like, they don't have exactly a place, like they don't fit into a particular label. You're like, Hey, come hang out with me. I got you. Yeah. Um, come and you're out, creating that space me. for them. Yeah. That's perfect for a brand position because ultimately what we're trying to do for a brand position and you're doing this certainly just with the look of your site is to set yourself apart, but then you're also calling out a very specific marketplace, um, by, by, saying by calling out the misfits. And I think it's, it's brilliant. Again, we could spend a lot of time there. I'm going to keep going though. <laughs> Talk to me about customer experience. I want to transition to this. And I think it very much fits here because I can only imagine that if, if that is what I met with from the, from the get go, I've not even met you before. I barely even know who you are as a photographer. I just look at your website. I see that, that picture you're talking about misfits. I, I something seems like it's going to be different here. What does that experience actually look like? And what's kind of the big idea driving it for you? Yeah, so client experience is the most important thing to me when it comes to my business. Um, yes, I, I take good photographs, but if somebody walks away, even if I even if I'm not available on their wedding day, if somebody walks away with a great experience, they're going to tell somebody about me nine times out of ten because of that great experience that they had. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, and so you know, I, I know there's a thousand more people who are way more um, experienced with creating a good customer experience. But for me, the most important thing is to take care of yourself, like as the business owner, the photographer first. Otherwise, there's 
zero percent chance you're going to be able to serve that client the way that they deserve if mm. you are not like if you are not performing at your best there's yeah. no way that you can perform for your client the way that they deserve either so yep. that's kind of like where all of this started in my head um when we were talking about the course so yeah that's that would be my most important thing and and i like that and we're going to build on that here in just a little bit for anybody who's listening in or watching that didn't already see uh the title we're going to be talking today about tools for getting rid of or overcoming overwhelm and uh, you know there's there's a there's a honestly there's a phrase or a word uh, no, I guess it's a phrase technically that we use a lot in our, our culture these days, which is self-care. And I cringe a little bit at at that word, honestly, just to be kind of upfront with everybody, because it like we live in a first world culture where we have it made, right? And there's this kind of like coddling of ourselves that that I that I don't know. That's what crosses my mind when I hear that word a lot of times. I'm like, okay, look, we all have it difficult in different ways, and we have certain stresses that we have to deal with. But at the end of the day. 99% of us in this first world culture that we live in have it made. So let's not make too big a deal about it. The flip side of that conversation, this is what made me think of this as you were talking about the importance of taking care of ourselves. For me anyway, personally, certainly I need a certain amount of care. I need certain rest. I need some relaxation, some exercise. I'm, I'm a touch guy, so I need like, like an occasional massage, that kind of thing. These things are important for me. But the, I think the most important and really where we all will find the most benefit is a certain amount of self-awareness. And if we're right in our head, literally and figuratively, um, then what we can bring to the picture and the interaction with the client is going to be so much better. I think a lot of that is rooted in a certain comfortability with ourselves, a confidence in ourselves, which comes from self-awareness and work psychologically that we do behind the scenes. When we get to interact with a client, we're not carrying all that baggage. We're free to just engage, to be present. And it, yes. it makes so much better an experience. That's what came to mind when you said that. I'd love to yes. know your thoughts, though. Uh, like, I don't know if I could describe it any better than how you just did, honestly. Um, yeah, like not being so in your head all the time. Like you said, bringing that baggage with you. It, your client, they love you. Yes, they hired you for a reason, but your client doesn't care what your insecurities are. You are staring at them with a camera like they're making out in front of your camera. Like think about their insecurities for a minute. Like, you know, it's not about you at all ever in that moment. Mm. But if you don't have that self-awareness to like take that baggage like, you know, to get out of your head, like you said, then there's no way that you're going to be able to sit and actually listen to your client if you're in your head thinking about all of the other things that yourself. you're worried about. Yeah, right. like you take your own time to take care of yourself first mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then you can fully be present and listen to your client and really get their story, um, really know who they are and then that way you can capture that in their photos for them. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. We're going to come back to more of that here in just a little bit. Um, talk to me a little bit about time management. I know you like to have fun. I can't imagine you as somebody who's working all the time. Like I, I'm assuming you create space for fun for yourself, for your husband. Talk to me a little bit about that. Is there a principle and idea driving that ability? Because you have a business to run, but you also want to have a life outside of business. How do you do that? Yes. Yes. And I actually was just talking with Alex, my husband, last night about how I'm so happy with the work-life balance that I have right now. Um, and the biggest game changer in that was my weekly planning. And now I've actually added in um, what I call time budgeting. Again, shout out to Savannah, uh, who, uh, who introduced me to the time budgeting. Sure. But each week I take 
an hour, hour and a half to actually plant, like time block my week. And there's a couple different ways that you can go about this. And I'm happy to answer more questions if there are more like in-depth questions about it. But what you do basically is you have a budget of your time. Each day has 24 hours in it. And you just basically block out, okay, today I have a shoot that will take me two hours, including mm -hmm. travel time, um, blah, blah, blah. So I always go through and put in my shoots first that I actually have. And then, yes, I schedule my personal stuff that I know will make me a better person and a better wife um, in the long run before anything work-related. So that means my workouts, um, grocery shopping, uh, you know, time to cook, actually cook a dinner instead of going and grabbing fast food. Uh, and I know that this is like everybody's going to be different. I'm not sure. sitting here and saying that every single person has to have like this schedule like I do because lives are different and mm -hmm. your schedule should be different because of it. So mm -hmm. yeah, time budgeting and weekly planning are the biggest um, by far game changer for me when it comes to knowing exactly what I need to get done for the week um, without feeling so overwhelmed, which is like seeing this huge checklist of, okay, you have to get all of this done in a week by laying it out day by day and hour by hour, it just takes so much of that overwhelm that I'm that I start to build up at the beginning of the week, it takes that away. So I don't have to worry about it. That's that's really interesting. So when you talk about I'm curious with this budgeting, because I can imagine this being even helpful for me. I, I have a particular way that I go about my day or prefer to go about my day as far as scheduling. But I, I like the the idea of time blocking are you doing that time blocking on a daily basis at the beginning of the day? Or when you talk about your weekly planning, are you doing it per week? I'm doing it. So on the macro per week, I, I usually it's Sundays. I've told myself with the except with the exception of like two to three Sundays, I don't work on Sundays. Um, I don't book shoots on Sundays. Um, unless it's a wedding, I'll block off the rest of the weekend, whatever. But, mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll take, that Sunday, hour, hour and a half, and um, kind of just get into a cozy place and block out my week. So most of us know if we're going to have sessions throughout the week, most of us know how long it's going to take us to edit those sessions. So I block those things in. So say it takes me two hours to edit and export a, you know, a 30 minute session or whatever. Um, For those so of I block you that, that are not in. outsourcing your editing already. Yeah, I love to edit, so I, I will hold on to my editing till the day I die. I had to, but, I had to throw that in there. No, no judgment here, but I had to at least throw that in there and give you a hard yes. time, Asia. Absolutely. Yeah, you can always outsource. We'll get to that too. Um, but yeah, so you know, you block those things in, and then blocking in. Well, okay, I know I need to work out four times this week. Um, block in, like put in your workouts, and this is for people. I'm a recovering people pleaser so this is really good for people who sure. if you like if you need somebody to know what you're doing mm. i share this calendar with alex sometimes and i'm like hey mm -hmm. if i ask me at the end of the day or at the end of the week did you get x y and z done and that will help you stay accountable on that respect as well but yeah so I do, I do it a week at a time for the big things that I know I need to get done. And then a day at a time, if there's little things that kind of pop up as things, you know, as tasks do. Sure. Sure. So I'll each morning I'll kind of look at, okay, what's my one thing I need to get done. And we'll get into that a little bit later too. Okay, but. cool. <laughs> I, but I, I like the, we, we actually, I just talked about this with one of our other guests, the, the expectations management, sharing that with family and in this case, your husband so that he understands what's going on. Cause that, I mean, when it comes to relationships, 
roughly being on the same page, it was really, really helpful, right? I mean, it really yes. does come down to expectations management and understanding what the other person might be dealing with. Um, it's, I don't, at least I don't see it as micromanaging as much as just an awareness. And I, I share my calendar with my kids, for example. And actually, we share a couple of different calendars. And that just, that's helpful. I mean, at this point, they're 16 and 19, so they've got jobs. And my, my son is in uh, music school, and he's got endless amounts of practice to do. And, and then working on top of that, like there's so many different things going on that um, in order to make the schedule work, it's helpful for us to all be kind of on the same page. And they can see, hey, I've got a podcast interview today at noon. Um, and then I have this meeting at this time expectations management. I think it's great yes. for personal relationships, professional relationships, and using a tool like a calendar can be super helpful in that regard. So that's, that's really, really good. Okay. I want to keep going. Um, outsourcing delegation. We talk about time management. Delegation is a big part of time management. Are there elements of your business that you do delegate? Have you found benefit in that? Yes, absolutely. So Savannah and I, and I'll, I'll this will not be the last time I talk about Savannah today <laughs> because she has seriously, I mean, saved my mental health just has given me so much time back. And, um, but yeah, so I outsource a lot to her. She is so, she's actually stepped up into being, um, like an online business manager. So she's not just a virtual assistant anymore, which is awesome. Um, so it's a little bit more in depth, but she has set up HoneyBook workflows for me, um, wow. built, proposal templates. She's researched Airbnbs for when I need to travel for weddings so that I don't have to do that because I'm terrible at that. Um, she actually is just now taking over my financials, um, kind of like helping organize all of that. Love it. And yeah, so I, I delegate um, all of that to her for my business side. But what I think um, people get so caught up in their heads about is, well, what if I can't afford to delegate to, you know, what if I can't afford to hire somebody for my business yet? Sure. You know, delegating doesn't have to be within your business. You can free up time within your home by delegating things like grocery shopping. Order your groceries online so that you're not wandering through the store and save yourself 30 plus minutes by just going and picking up your groceries or even delivery if you don't live in the middle of nowhere like me. Um, uh, you know, you could do that. You can outsource like meal planning. There's templates that you can buy that will like give you your grocery list. And all you have to do is just carry that grocery list over, order your groceries and that saved you time. You can outsource cleaning, like instead of, um, sweeping the floor every day for 30 minutes, get yourself a Roomba or, you know, like out, ask your significant other or your kids or your partner to help you with dinner one night a week so that you have an extra hour and a half to work one night. Like there, mm -hmm. there are so many solutions that I think people just don't even think of when it comes to finding more time in their life. So yeah. And again, whole, you, you did such a beautiful job of kind of summing up the variety there though too, because it really is true. It's not just about, well, first of all, it's not an all or nothing proposition. We, we don't have to, as business owners, start immediately by spending $500,000, $2,000, dollars a month delegating yes. work to all these different resources. We can start small. We can start with something. But I, I, love the, I love the example of even getting a Roomba for the sake of spending. I mean, somebody that has a multi-story home who has pets and maybe younger kids running around, I mean, it's, it becomes messy pretty quickly, right? Yes. <laughs> so even having a little bit of help, it's funny how that can translate over a week's time that might save an hour because now 
now you've got this thing and you spent, you know, what I know there are a couple hundred bucks or something like that. But yeah, um, what you then save as a result is worth significantly more than that. And that's just one little thing that we can do. So I, I'll leave it. You, you've said it. You said it all very, very well. And and um, we're, I hope our listeners are taking advantage of, of this advice because it's really good stuff. Talk to me very quickly before we get into our main topic about an important book self-help book, business book of some kind in the last few years that's made an impact in your life? Um, by far would be Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I know that's a very popular one right now, but sure. um, that book or Playing Big by Tara Moore, um, both of them just talk about how to basically get out of your own way and just do things. Like, just don't, don't overthink things. There's nobody cares as much about you as they think they do, you know, like nobody's worrying that much about what you're doing. So just like play bigger, like be better, um, you know, like do think bigger, dream bigger, set bigger goals. Like just don't, yeah, just don't cage yourself in so much. Yeah. I, we, we get in our, in our head. I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I get in my own way countless times in, in a week and, and I'm working on that. Uh, but it's, it really can be inhibitive to our ability to progress as an individual, as, as an entrepreneur. I've got the book here pulled up, Playing Big, Practical Wisdom for Women Who Want to Speak Up, Create and Lead uh, by Tara Moore. And then mention the, the first one one more time again, Asia. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. That's right. Yeah. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I've got that pulled up here as well. And um, we'll, of course, link to these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for everybody who is listening and maybe wants just an easy way to go grab the book, uh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Beautiful. We'll put those in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. All right. So let's jump into kind of the main conversation at hand. And when we talk about the idea of overwhelm, uh, I mean, I certainly experience this from time to time, even now. And, and I, I like to think that I'm relatively self-aware and I know how to manage my emotions, but my emotions, I let them get the best of me at times. Um, and, and I think this is something that many, if not most photographers and entrepreneurs in general can relate to because the, the reality is running a business can be a very up and down situation, right? It feels like a roller coaster at times. And that leads to the sense of overwhelm. We have a lot of different moving parts to keep up with that leads to a sense of overwhelm. What would you say is your experience with overwhelm and more specifically the experience that has led to this place where, you know what, you're like, I, I need to do something about this. I want to share what I've been through with those other entrepreneurs, other photographers outside of me. Yes. Um, so I'll do my best to keep this story uh, concise because it does, <laughs> it does get a little like all over the place. But um, when I first started photography, I was managing and running an anytime fitness, which I alluded to, um, with Alex, my husband, we both ran that, but I was the like head manager. So I was working 40, 50 hours a week at the gym. There's my, there's my anytime fitness tattoo, not, not <laughs> intentional, but, um, I was working 40, 50 hours a week at the gym. And then I was coming home and trying to grow this, you know, this new photography business, mm. learning all the things that I could researching, you know, I was getting clients and I was getting shoots scheduled. And so I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I bet I can do more. Like, why not do more? So I was working a lot at both, at both places, trying to serve clients well at both places. Mm -hmm. And, um, fast forward to Christmas of 2018, I, I have what's called ulcerative colitis. 
don't Google it if you don't know what it is. Like it's not, it's not a fun thing to Google. Um, long, it's just kind of like inflammation. If you've heard of Crohn's disease, it's similar Mm -hmm. to that. But anyway, I started a flare up of that on Christmas day of 2018. And in my head, I was like, no, I don't have time for this. I'm not, I have two businesses to run. Like I cannot take care of myself right now. I can't take medicine. You know, I can't miss shoots telling myself all of these stories. Um, and then come January, 2019, I landed myself in the hospital for five days, completely isolated. Um, and like now that doesn't sound crazy because we've isolated ourselves for a while, but in 2019, that was not a thing. Um, you know, everybody had, my husband had to be gowned up, masked up. I mean, from head to toe, um, completely isolated. So literally I had nothing to do for five days, but sit in this corner, like secluded hotel room and think about what I'd done to myself. I had literally hit rock bottom of my health and of my mental health because I had burnt myself out so much. I had ignored all my symptoms, ignored myself. And I was like, this is not okay. Um, in in untamed actually in the book there's a quote that she says why do women almost have to kill themselves in order to realize what they're worth Mm. and i like almost broke down crying when i read that i was like oh my gosh yeah that that is where i figured out that i need to serve myself first otherwise nobody's going to get taken care of so that's kind of when that that um, flip switched for me and so i started my, with a coach, her name's Kimmy Morton, um, Kimmy, K-I-M-I-M coaching on Instagram. You should totally follow her if you're not, but, um, started working with her and she works very intuitively, um, very as a business coach, I should say she works very like, it's not money driven. It's not, um, you know, business driven really at all. It's more about learning about yourself so that you can move forward in your business. And that is when that first little inkling of, Hey, uh, the photography industry is not talking about this really at all. (laughs) Like no, everybody is on this like hustle and grind mindset, like work more, edit forever. Don't outsource your editing, you know, like all of the things. And so I was like, people need to hear this. People need to hear this in our industry, Mm -hmm. wedding vendors, photographers, all of that. So that's kind of what got me started on this road. And now it's just opened up so many different avenues that it's hard to just choose one. (laughs) Well, I'd love, first of all, I just love your, your mentality, your approach to life, to business. Um, so I, I'm, I'm already like open ears. I'm really curious to hear what your approach is to all of this, because you seem to have a, a very, a healthy balance as far as perspective is concerned. I think that's really important because this conversation can go way overboard and way over the top. And, and we kind of ignore reality almost for the sake of trying to be, uh, trying to, again, take care of ourselves or for the sake of self care. And, and I think we can go to such an extreme that we, again, we set aside reality. We set aside attention to others as we were talking about in interaction with our clients earlier. Certainly it can carry over into our personal relationships as well. I, I just, I get the sense you have a really balanced approach here. So I'm curious to hear more about your perspective before I ask you another question though, do me a favor, just bring your mic down just a little bit. Yep. There you go. Perfect. We're getting a little bit of the P's and the T's popping in there. <laughs> there you go. That's great. No, that's, that's really, really good. 
Um, for everybody listening in, the audio, of course, this is live stream. And, and before we jumped on today, we were working through all the different mics. So shout out to Alex, who has unknowingly um, lended his uh, gaming headset and mic to us for the sake of this interview. <laughs> we're making <Yes>. it work. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it, I don't always hop on calls with this. So just, <laughs> I'm feeling like I keep looking. If you see me like adjusting this, I'm like, this looks just ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> no judgment, no is. judgment. Okay, so but I, I, I want to before we talk about so, talk about kind of tips and tricks, ways to help minimize that sense of overwhelm. I think it's really important, especially when we're talking about psychological issues like this, to get into the principles, to start at the root level, base level ideas. So, talk to me about three primary issues that you feel are at the root of overwhelm, if you will. Yeah. So. And it's really hard to pinpoint because it could be different for everybody. If you have kids, if you've got, you know, maybe you're a single parent and you've got to juggle all of the things. Maybe you have, maybe photography is your side hustle and you do have another job. Um, but the the root of it all, I feel like, is that we choose to be overwhelmed. Mm. Like, And I know that that sounds like, well, no, we don't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be. But like, mm. you choose each and everything that you do or don't do. And so the more things that you choose to put on your plate or the more things that you think that you have to do because so-and-so is doing this, you are choosing your overwhelm by telling yourself all of these different stories of I have to, I need to, I mm. should. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And this could get a little woo-woo, but it's okay. That's, that's, what, that's, that's okay. Why. We're, we're going to run with it because I have to say that first principle in and of itself, um, it largely differs from the narrative online, which the, the yeah. tendency, I think, in a lot of cases, and, and I don't necessarily blame anybody for this. It's, it's how we're taught, maybe how we're conditioned, but there is a tendency for us to kind of push responsibility to the outside world rather than taking responsibility for the reality, which is that we have the ability to make choices for ourselves, right? I, I actually yes. have, we were talking about tattoos a second ago. I have a tattoo on, and it's kind of hard to see here, but on my right, on the inside of my, my right wrist, which is the Japanese word sentaku, and that is the word choice. Because a number of years ago, as I was going through a pretty big transition in life, I realized the significance of choice in a way that I never had before. In fact, I was brought up in a world where choice wasn't readily available, or at least not taught in a way that I realized was readily available to me. So to finally realize, oh my word, I have, and it, it sounds, may sound obvious to some, but I have the ability to make a choice for myself and literally every area of my life. I mean, I can't control the weather. There are certain things like this that I can't control, but in my own life, how I feel, think, and, and ultimately act, I get to choose that. Yes. Um, and I, I think that that is a principle that has to be just hammered home in the nicest way possible, of course, but, in the nice, but hammered home over and over and over again because so many people are suffering as a result of not acknowledging that choice, not opportunity ultimately. So I'm just so glad that you highlight that, but let's yes. keep going to the next one. Yeah. So, you know, and with that choice to be overwhelmed comes the choice to act on that overwhelm. Hmm. Um, but sometimes we have this little, this little person um, who, this is what I learned from the book playing big um, called our inner critic inside. Um, our inner critic is the, the person that starts talking when you have a really big idea, but then they inside your head are like, no, you can't do that because blah, blah, blah. Or you shouldn't do that because this. Um, so we are so used to listening to our inner critic. And now with social media being such a big presence in our lives, we've got so many 
outer critics mm. that we internalize and think that that's true like mm-hmm. that those things are true mm-hmm. um so that's that's one thing is not being able to overcome what your inner critic is telling you and finding a way around that um so that would be another route that one gets there's so much we could talk about with that so that one does sure. get a little woo woo so we don't have to touch on that as much but um and then just not being aware of how much time you actually have in your life um, you know, not being aware of what you're actually spending your time doing. So one practical tool for that, I guess we can, we can move forward in that, but is to do a time tracking challenge. So you can track your time for three days. And I teach this in my course. Um, and you, ta- you track everything that you do for three days and it shows you just how much time you're either wasting, how much time you can delegate, you know, things that you are doing that you don't actually have to do that somebody else probably does better than you, um, things that you are really good at and things that keep popping up that you can eliminate by inputting like systems or Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I do this at least like once every, I'd say once every three months when I feel overwhelmed coming on, I'll do a time tracking challenge and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just spent how many hours scrolling on social media? No, like set up up a system for that. So yeah, so just not being aware of like that you actually have a lot more time than you think you do. Um, Okay, so so I'm I'm taking, you may have seen me looking down, I'm taking notes here in a notebook, but uh, so number one is we we choose to be overwhelmed and I think we, Mm -hmm. we spent some time there, so I'll leave that alone for now. And then secondly, we choose to respond to that overwhelm by listening to our inner critic. Is that a pretty good summary there of the idea? Yes, yeah. Um, and, and then you said also that we have a lack of awareness of how much time we, we truly have. And I think this is a really great point, something that I do in exercise that sounds sim- somewhat similar to what you're describing uh, with photographers when I had the opportunity to teach on workflow and time management and kind of ultimately minimizing the stuff that doesn't matter, focusing on the stuff that does is to literally list what they do on a complete day from the time they get up to the time they go to bed, list every single activity or task, whatever it is that they're doing, everything from, you know, taking a shower to making their bed to, um, of course, doing any number of work related items, going to the gym, shopping, eating, whatever, list them all out. And then next to each of those things, proactive, reactive, proactive being tasks that are going to actually move their personal life forward toward accomplishing the goals that they have. Same thing with business. And then the reactive being kind of the, the, the busy work that maybe has to be done, but doesn't require our involvement and yeah. ca- categorizing it that way, because it develops a certain amount of awareness about what can be simplified, automated, delegated, um, and, and really encourages better time management in that way. I, I you know, Honestly, I, as much as I'm kind of a time management geek, I don't think I've ever actively tracked a full day. So I think I need to do this. Do you recommend a particular app app to use? Or yeah, I love um, Toggle. T O G L is really great. And then you can it, you can press play to, when you start a task and mm. press stop when you stop a task. And then you can go back and categorize them later if you want to. Because okay. it is a lot. It takes a it takes a lot of um, honesty with yourself. Also, yeah. Yeah. you know, like sometimes it. It's, uh, it doesn't feel good to realize that you've spent so much time doing something that really doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sometimes radical responsibility. Again, like mm. taking responsibility for what you're actually doing. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, Toggle would be the app that I, okay. I use. And or we'll if you're that. more of a pen to paper person, you can write it Fair down enough. too. Yeah, we'll use the notebook and the pen. But I, I like apps personally, especially for that type of thing. So, we'll make sure yeah. to link to that in the show notes. But I wanted to just very quickly, before I go to my next question, I wanted to come back to 
listening to our, our inner critic, can you speak in just a little bit more detail to how that creates a sense of overwhelm? I think I could kind of infer what it might mean, but just a little bit more detail for our listeners as well. Yeah. So inner critic creates your overwhelm so often because what it's telling you are these untrue stories of, so for example, like I, I've got really bad anxiety and I'm not afraid to talk about it, but in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and my inner critic will already be awake and be like, (laughs) Hey, don't you think that you should get up because you're not going to have enough time to Mm. do this, this, and this today? Mm. Or, um, you know, or don't you, you should be doing this task because, um, it needs to be done right now, even though it really doesn't there. It's more of like listening to these stories in our head that are trying to steer the inner critic is there to keep us safe. You know, it, it, it really truly thinks that it's keeping us safe and keeping us like on the straight and narrow, but all it's doing is creating all of these different false stories for the most part in our heads of you're not doing enough. You shouldn't wear that because you're 30 years old. <laughs> this <rainbow laughs> shirt. Uh, you know, you, um, it, it, like any, literally anything negative, like when mm. you're setting a goal, yeah. um, and it feels a little bit scary and mm. it feels like, Ooh, but it feels kind of exciting too. That's your inner critic kind of popping in and be like, mm, I don't think I should do that because it feels a little scary. Um, but I, know, I hear that word should, here. and it reminds me of like, of how I think a lot of that so-called inner critic is really driven by us giving power significance to what other people say or think about what it is that we're doing. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. So a little bit of both giving power to external sources of, you know, not being sure in yourself, like you were talking about earlier, Mm. you have to be sure in your, in your body first before you can even step out into, you know, looking at other people's opinions and stuff like that. And that's why I do a lot of inner critic work, um, talking about how to identify what that inner critic sounds like. And is it really true while you're making decisions? So speaking on like making business decisions, making a decision based on what your inner critic tells you is, is called a knee jerk reaction usually. Mm -hmm. So, um, if that can kind of like summarize it, it there's sure. so much more work like deep down, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. more, it's more so like, Oh, let's see. So let's say you set a really, um, lofty goal or you think it's a lofty goal. The first thing that usually pops into an entrepreneur's head, especially a newer entrepreneur is I can't do this because blank, blank and blank. It's never, it's very rarely, oh, when I do this, it's going to feel so good. Like I'm going to feel so accomplished. We immediately go to that negative place, that critical place of, mm, I'm not going to be able to do this because of blank, blank, and blank. Mm-hmm. Might as well not even write it down. So that's where we start our overwhelm right away is feeling like we're not enough and feeling like we, we have to do more things in order to achieve those goals. Totally yeah. makes sense. Totally makes sense. You know, actually, as you're describing this, you're talking about the, the significance that we give our inner voice, that, that almost narrator in our, in our head, right? It reminds me of a book called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Have you heard of this book? I've not. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get you a copy book. of it because I think you will just 
love it to death. It's so, so good. But it talks about this very concept. He, he, he kind of transitions from that as well into um, a, a great mindset to be in when you approach meditation as well. So it's an pr- interesting perspective on meditation, which I found super helpful. But his perspective on that so-called voice inside our head and the significance that we give it and why we give it that significance and ultimately how crazy it is that we give it that significance um, is, is so, so good. Like, and, and it's funny because it's one of those, it was one of those reads for me where I'm like, I'm starting to get frustrated because he keeps repeating himself over and over and over. I'm like, get to the point. I, I, and then finally it clicks and I'm like, oh my like, word, oh my I totally get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you a copy because it's so good. And I can't recommend it enough for all of our listeners as well, especially as it relates to this topic. Because, um, again, so many of us in the, in the photo industry being emotional types in one way or another, right? And, and letting that narrative get to us so much of the time, it's, it's keeping us from being certainly the best individual that we can be. And as a result, the best business owner that we can possibly be. Because we're in our head so much, we're letting that narrative drive our our behavior, well, our feelings first of all, which then of course translates to our behavior. And uh, trying to get a grip on that is it'll make a massive, massive difference in our lives. It's certainly something that I've I've seen improvement on uh, for myself, but I have work to do there too. So I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it as well. I, I want to yeah. ask the next question though. And so let's let's make this. I, I love that we start with the kind of the root principles, the philosophy, the ideas. Let's talk about specific ways that our listeners, if they have felt this sense of overwhelm or maybe will in the future, what are four specific ways, you, you said you had four that you could share that, that will enable them to step beyond that sense of overwhelm, um, especially in the context of a session that they may be photographing yeah. as well? Yeah, so a couple, so I've got a couple practical, you know, like actual tangible things and a couple more purposeful, you know, um, mental items too. Okay. So take... With my with any education that I do, um, I never I never want it to feel like this is the only way and this is how you have to do it because again we choose what we want to. So take what you want from this, take what you think will work, try one thing and then add the next thing is always my suggestion first. Sure, that so makes sense. Ju- just as a, a preface, but um, but the number one thing is, and I know you're gonna be like, well, that's silly. The number one thing in overcoming overwhelm is starting with gratitude. Hmm. Um, If you are constantly comparing yourself or looking, looking for something else, something more, something bigger, that's okay. Like it's okay to want something bigger, but if you don't appreciate what you have right here in this moment, like right here today, then you're never you're always going to feel overwhelmed because you're always going to feel like well this person's doing this many weddings or this person is you know I need to do more because I want to get to there and you know you're looking at somebody on year three and you're on year one but you can't appreciate the growth that you've made in year one like that's where you have to start um and that that makes sense and I'm I'm thinking like I was taking notes as you're talking here and I just simply wrote down stop comparing because it's it, it's certainly we, we need to stop comparing with those on Instagram maybe, but we need to really stop looking to the outside again for that that narrative and start here because the reality is everybody else's context is different than ours. Their goals, their aspirations, their business model, all these other things, they're different. So the notion that we compare with them and use that as some type of standard, whether consciously or subconsciously, and then let that drive how we feel, which how leads we run to that overwhelm. 
yeah. as well. Yeah. Is, is, I mean, we're all, it's short-sighted certainly, and it's limiting us again. So I, I love this. This is good. Yeah. And so, um, with, with starting with gratitude, it kind of just centers you like today I have, um, I learned what's called a magical morning practice from again, my coach, um, Kimmy, but I have a, a partner who every morning we Marco Polo each other and we start our day with one thing we're grateful for and one thing we're bragging about. Yeah. And then we talk about our day as if it's already happened. So it huh. automatically puts me in that spot of even if it's literally like today I'm grateful for my bed because I got a good night's sleep. You know, it puts me in that spot of, hey, even if today is absolute shit, you still have your bed to go back and lay, lay in, you know, like, yeah. like, and that's great. Like, that's awesome. So I'm putting, reframing the way that you think about, about where you're at in life. Um, it's all about a mindset, right? Everything we're talking about right now is a mindset. So if you can reframe your day, like, okay, say you're really, really nervous about a shoot, hmm. starting a, starting your day of your shoot with like, gosh, I can't believe that I get to go and take pictures of this for my job. Like, like you get to go and take photos of somebody's best day of their life for your job. Like, if that doesn't make you feel, like, excited about the day, then yeah. you're in the wrong profession. But, mm. like, you know, so, like, reframe the way you're thinking about things. Sorry, well, I get yeah, very, I, like, excited. I, well, no, no, it's really good. But I also have to jump on a little side note that you made there very quickly. I think it's important to note. I'm so tired of people complaining about something again that they can control. And if if it's their profession and they don't like it, stop whining about it on Facebook and do something about it. You have the ability to choose to do something different. Don't put that on anybody else, and certainly don't put it. Don't put that choice on anybody else. But don't put the weight of your emotional struggles because you continue to do the thing you don't like on everybody else when you're posting all that stuff out there too. (laughs) And like, do you think that clients want to book somebody that feels like that? No. And like. You know that's okay. It's in it. Nobody's gonna be mad at you. Like you can you can move on. Yeah. But but yeah. So kind of that kind of helps me segue into my next thing is don't don't take it so seriously. Like people get so quick to be very very like serious and okay. Uh, if I have this session and I have to deliver this many photos and. And oh my gosh, what if this and what if that? And there are a million things that could happen at a shoot and Mm. there's no way you're going to fix all of them ever. Yeah. But if you go in there with all of those worries, there's no way you're going to be able to focus on the actual thing that matters, which is the photos that these people trusted you to take. Right. So like um, I I was listening to, I think it was an Instagram live of uh, Jacob Loafman yeah um if you don't he's a really great photographer hilarious hilarious sense of humor okay um but he was just like saying like again you're literally you're just taking pictures for your job like you have one of the more fun jobs in the world so just go do it like (laughs) you know like (laughs) i love that though it's so true yeah like yeah literally have fun like you have a fantastic freaking job. You get to like sit at a computer and play with like all this editing software and like you get to meet no, all don't these do different that. beautiful don't do people. That. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, like you get to meet all these beautiful people and learn all of these amazing stories. Like 
yes, you're taking pictures, but it's so much more than that. And, and you can take a better photo than like, they chose you for a reason, basically. Like they chose you out of however many people to come and take their pictures. So just do that. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, they Why chose so you for serious? a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I follow, I, I follow this. So I'm in a motor motorcycle racing and uh, just motorcycles in general, but certainly motorcycle racing. And, and I follow this, this rider, one of the best in the world. And he says that regularly on his Instagram. Why so serious? I mean, I think he uses a like, hashtag or something like that. But here's this guy who's, who's racing the equivalent of, like, if, if you were to go get in your car and it had, you know, 1,200, 1,500 horsepower rather than the 200 it has, and you're driving it around on the track and you risk your, your, your life literally on a, you know, weekly or biweekly basis. This is a guy, that's, that's the context of his life. And then, and then he posts this picture, you know, lounging by the pool with his wife and his kids and reminds us, why so serious? Why are we taking things, yeah. things so seriously at the end of the day? We, we all, we make our lives so much worse by doing it. And I can say this because so I'm so worse. guilty of it. Um, and, and, and again, something that I'm continuing to, a bit ironically, but continuing to work on it. Um, because there's, we have so much to be thankful for. As you said, number one, we need to start with gratitude. And, and the reality is, none of it is really as big a deal as we make it. We need to learn how to take a step back, develop a certain amount of awareness, self-awareness, first of all, but then gain that perspective, which is, hey, you know what? This is not near as big a deal as we're making it right now. Look for the positive, be thankful for what we have, make the best of it, and, and the results are likely going to be quite fine. Yeah, and, and I'm glad. So I want to be clear, nobody's journey with taking care of themselves or being you know more aware of who they are and you know working on overall it's never done um i i always not always i continue to have relapses i guess if you will but you know once you know the tools and know the ways out of it then you can just get better and better every time so like i don't want you to feel like oh i've got a lot of work to do people out there listening like oh my gosh she's got her shit together so much and like no, I do not. Like, I, I do not. I had to literally build a course in order to help me keep my stuff together. <laughs> so, you know, like you're not alone, basically, is what yeah. I want you to know. Well, but I, I think, again, I love your approach, which is, it seems very healthy very, and, and that it's balanced. And, and this is what I mean. You know, it's, it's, it would be like somebody saying, um, I have anxiety, right? And you said that earlier, actually. Mm-hmm. But you're simultaneously talking about how you're addressing it proactively. Yeah. The, the problem comes a lot of times when we give ourselves a label that this label represents a, a behavior, a particular behavioral pattern, and that label becomes our identity. And in some yep. cases, some people literally embrace it as an identity. I have this or I am that. And they find some kind of significance in being able to say that. The problem with that then is they don't then do the work to step beyond that. So yep. I, I, I absolutely agree with you that, that our work as an individual, as a human being is ongoing. We don't ever arrive but at the same time, we don't have to live by a label. It's not a static thing where we have to stop there. We can, we can make the steps or take the steps rather to move yes. beyond that. And, and again, that's why I really love your approach. I think it's a much healthier, more balanced approach. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and, and another thing that more practical side of not taking things so seriously, getting out of your head, I have what I call my pre-shoot hype up routine or a morning routine um, that I've built. So my morning routine, it changes every single day because as a woman, uh, my body changes every single day, the different hormones and stuff like that. Um, And so like morning routines, those are a little bit flexible, but a pre-shoot routine 
helps me get out of my head and into my body and into the moment of where I'm where I'm going, where I'm mm. at. Mm. Um, so it goes all the way from, and it's almost exhaustive. My husband's like, do you really need a two hour hype up before a one hour <laughs> session? I'm like, yes, I do. Thank you for asking. Um, but you know, it goes everywhere from like, first I get all my gear together, making sure that I have all of that stuff because that's the technical side that we actually do need to make a shoot happen. Right. So get that out of the way, make sure it's all packed and ready to go. Then it, then I always make sure to move my body, whether it be like some kind of dancing. Um, I literally shake, like shake out like the jitters, um, get out of my head. Dancing, if you don't know, is one of the best ways to get out of your head and back into your body. You know, this is how uptight I am, Asia. Dancing for me puts me in my head even further because I'm like, oh my word, I look terrible. How do I make myself not look so terrible dancing? (laughs) You just don't care. You just, oh my gosh. If I would have I know, I care too much. It's a problem. Oh, I would have had some music queued up and ready to go and like made us shake it out. Um, But yeah, so like literally before this call, I was dancing to Taylor Swift um, to like get out of my head. Yeah. I was trying to like, my head was trying to over prepare for mm. something that I know what I'm talking about. So I dance, I move my body somehow. Um, I do what's called EFT or tapping. Um, Gala Darling, G-A-L-A is a really good resource for that. If you want to learn more about that, long story short, it helps you um, calm your amygdala in your brain. So it helps with that fight or flight reflex and the anxiety. Okay. And then um, eat a really good meal drink lots of water and then you have to have a hype up playlist that you play on your way to your shoot um, of course. and turn it up as loud as you want i yeah. even have the i have the playlist on my website actually that you can listen to okay, my cool. pre-shoot hype up playlist that's so, brilliant yeah. I, I actually so, saw that on there we'll have to we'll have to link to that for our listeners too yeah and so like by doing that routine over and over the same exact way um I even have now, I learned this from my friend Shibby, I even have now like a totem, uh, I guess you could call it like a a thing that, a scent that I only wear on shoot days or on wedding days, a perfume. And so okay. it like activates, you know, scent is like one of your strongest um, senses. So it activates that mindset Absolutely. of, okay, psh, I'm going on a shoot, like mm-hmm. let's go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all the way to things like that where you are shifting your mindset and in that routine, you know, like a like a professional athlete, you'd never see a professional athlete just like show up to the court and be like, all right, I'm ready to play. Like they have hours and hours of warm up um, before you even see them step onto the field or the court. Mm, so true. like, why would we be any different? You know, like if we are considering ourselves professionals mm. in our field, why wouldn't we have a warm up routine that gets our mind ready to go, our mind and our body and our cameras? ready to go so that we can perform at our best. Like, but I, to me, it just makes sense, but I'm an athlete. So, or used to be not an athlete anymore. But <laughs> hey, yeah, don't, 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 you don't, there's no need to, to criticize yourself there. I'm sure you can probably still carry your own. Uh, well, <laughs> if you count a drinking games count, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. That's, I, I have to, I have to, to share this cause it's way too fun not to, um, hit, you have your, done Wii, uh, the Wii like video game yeah. console bowling, Wii bowling. Oh yeah. Wii bowling is the best drinking game ever. Oh my god. Have you ever I never have, even No. Never even thought of it. Try this sometime. Uh whoever you're playing with, 
whoever loses the frame that you're bowling on, it's got to take a shot. Oh my god, a shot! A shot! I don't know if I could hang with you, Nathan. <laughs> Dang! All right, I, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. I'm a terrible bowler too, so this is a bad recipe. Oh, it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> okay, so number one, we're starting with gratitude. Stop yes. comparing. Number two, we're stop taking things so seriously. Uh, number three, develop appreciate routine. Um, I, I, there is, I, I really feel you on the, I, I don't know if I need two hours, but I, I feel you on the, like the, the process, the significance of process. Yeah. I like a process for my morning personally. There's something about not having to just like mad rush into a day Like the alarm goes yep. off and got to do this and got to do that. And like, just, that, I don't think it's healthy first of all, but it certainly for me personally, it's not the way that I like to perform. And it's not the life that I wanted for myself as an entrepreneur. And, and yes. we have that, the freedom, the flexibility to create the life that we want, I think we should take advantage of that. And I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm just talking about, hey, I don't have to go crazy rushing at 6.30 in the morning when I get out of bed. I can I can have my process. I can have my routine that I know will yeah. ultimately put me in a good mental space for what I have to do next. So I, I think that's yes. a great thing. All right. As we're finishing up here, do you have a number four as well? Yeah. The last one, and that's more te- technical, is have systems in place to minimize your feeling of overwhelm. So like your weekly planning or... Um, have a workflow set up for your HoneyBook or your client management system that takes care of inquiries until you hop on a call with them, but it's still personal. Um, have systems of, you know, what day of the week do I order my groceries if you need a system for that? Or uh, Trello is a really great um, organization tool mm-hmm. that you can use for like your family. If for like house cleaning, you know, maybe you have kids who are old enough to at least do like one chore or something like that, you know, like put, okay, this person puts away dishes today. This person puts away, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, Set up a system like that. Set up a system for like how you um, pack for shoots, you know, just anything that you can set up that is like systematic is going to take, is going to give you back time. And there's no right answer. Like I can't, be like, hey, do this right now because maybe in your life one system will work for you that wouldn't work for me or vice versa. So um, definitely having somebody who can help you with the like maybe like a sounding board to like bounce mm-hmm. back and forth like this is what's going on um, to help you think of what systems maybe need to be in place, a mentor, a coach, whoever, that's definitely my well, last. And, and we'll last. link to, because I know Asia that, that- – um, many photographers, maybe even most photographers, again, fall in that kind of um, the, the artist types, the more emotional types, not necessarily the super structured types. Uh, we've spent a lot of time, we've got over 500 episodes of content here on the Book of Podcasts now, but we've actually spent quite a bit of time around workflow. So, and we've got like a whole category, the list of episodes yes. that we can link to. So we're going to do that for everybody watching, listening in. We'll make sure to, to link to that category of episodes in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for this episode. Um, or if you want to, you can just go to bocapodcast.com, um, click on more episodes, and, uh, and then you'll see a little option on the side or on the bottom if you're on mobile uh, that gives you the option to look at the categories. You can choose workflow. There's a lot of content there. That's a good segue for me, though, into your course. You mentioned it a couple of times, and I'm going to pop up on screen here. Actually, I have to, to show first what you're talking about, that playlist at the bottom of the homepage of your site, furandlacephotography.com. Yes. Um, and we'll see if maybe we can embed that on our in, in the show notes as well so that everybody can listen in. But then this link right here, FNL Education, and I click on that, and it takes me to the education page. Um, we, I see a Lightroom editing for beginners and beyond. There's some education there. And then refocus and refresh the course for overwhelmed photographers. Talk to mm-hmm. me a little bit more about that course. 
Oh, so, the link. The link. Yeah, not I working. switched. I just yesterday switched hosting sites. Oh, okay. So, um, so don't worry. It's still in existence. It just has to be updated on the website. But okay. yeah, so Refocus and Refresh is the course about overwhelmed uh, photographers and wedding vendors. I just opened it up to all wedding vendors um, because I realized that they deal with just about the same amount of overwhelm as we do as photographers. So, um it was online during COVID and it still will be membership based, but I'm actually taking it live um, this year instead of hosting it all the way online. So cool. I'm hosting um, what I'm calling, uh, I guess, a retreat is what you could call it. So refocus and refresh retreat. And it will be in Banner Elk, North Carolina. So it'll be a whole weekend of half work half like reflection and rest so we'll have um teaching on inner critic work on delegating my friend courtney um she's going to do some yoga sessions and some inner um some delegating work she trains virtual assistants and so she is really good at teaching how to do that within your business and within your life and then savannah my virtual assistant will also be there talking about the technical side how to set up Um, templates and workflows and uh, financials and you know all of that good stuff so it'll be kind of a whole overhaul from starting with getting to know who you really are and then getting more comfortable with you know speaking speaking out loud about who you really are Um, and then we'll move into like the delegating and getting rid of those things that you don't necessarily need to be doing and then we'll move into the actual systems so then by the end of it, you'll have goals set, you'll have your inner critic figured out, you'll know like what they sound like and how to like get them away. <laughs> you'll know, uh, you know, some where you're headed as far as, the, as far as those goals, you'll have actionable steps. But then after the whole retreat is done, you'll also have access to the online content, which is more of like what we've talked about today, the, um, the different techniques that you can try, both practical and um, and purposeful to overcome that overwhelm now that you have like your goals set and know kind of where you're headed then you can implement all of those tools so lots of lots of lots of big things big changes coming so that's really yeah. cool and and honestly yeah. i mean I, the the content not only do i have a lot of respect for your your approach to this topic just based on our conversation today but the way that it sounds like you have the content organized for the workshop is is wonderful as well so uh, what we'll do is we'll link to your site here, furandlacephotography.com. I'm assuming you'll update the link there to the information for the upcoming workshop there. Um, yes. And of course, make sure for those of you listening in or watching for that matter, that you follow Asia at Fur and Lace Photo as well. We'll put all this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for all of you so that you can get this information and follow and, and maybe even just send a quick DM to Asia as well. Um, this has been a this has been a super fun conversation, Asia. I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. I have a lot of respect for what your husband has done starting his business. Good luck to him as well. Um, thank you so much for making time for all of us today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thanks for working through the technical difficulties. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Everybody, make sure that you go to bocapodcast.com, take advantage of the show notes, and um, make sure to chime in for our next live. Follow us at Boca Podcast and Instagram so you can keep up to date with the next live stream coming up. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye.